We are beginning a new conversation uh, for the next couple of weeks. We're going to be talking about the, the topic of faith. Faith is a big word in Christianity. In fact, I would, I would argue, and I think most, uh, most preachers would argue, that Christianity is actually, is characterized as a faith and not as a religion. That God cares more about our faith than He does about our religious observance, the practices that make up part of a religious observance. That what God is mainly interested in is, is our faith. Faith means a belief. Um, it means believing that Jesus is who he said he was and that he can do everything he promised to do. It means trusting our lives against him, not just not just believing things in our head, but actually leaning our lives against the things that he said that we should do. My favorite definition of faith comes from the, the letter to the Hebrews in which it says that faith uh, faith is defined there as confidence in the things that are hoped for. Um, and belief in the things that are unseen. So confidence in the things that are hoped for. Christianity talks a lot about our hope. In fact, just a few weeks ago, we were talking about uh, uh, Christian hope. We were looking at the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica, and in it, he discussed what Christian hope is. He talked about the, the hope we have that... Um, Jesus will return, that he didn't, he didn't simply uh, do something and then leave. Jesus started something in motion and he will return to complete it. That that is our hope, that, that ultimately the, the, um, the, the hope we have is that the kingdom is already here. It's already growing among us. It's, it's growing invisibly like, like a seed in the ground or like a yeast in a batch of dough. He, those were some of the, uh, illustrations Jesus gave us. So the kingdom is already here, but it's growing and it won't be complete in its growth until Jesus returns. And when that happens, then the, um, the, the problems of this world, the, the troubles that we have will be, um, will be behind us that, that Christ will inaugurate his kingdom fully and we'll be able to actually experience uh, life in the kingdom of God in a way that we can't know. So that is our hope. Our hope is in this thing that is, that is out there. That, um, that, that we have experiences of, of the kingdom, uh, more or less in the meantime, but, but ultimately the kingdom will be fulfilled when Christ returns. So, we have a hope in that. We have a hope that the kingdom will be working in us and that ultimately the kingdom will be fulfilled when Christ uh, returns. So what that means is that is that we have that we have that big hope that the world will be a better place, that there will be no more war or violence or uh, tears or sorrow, that all those things will be uh, put to an end when the kingdom is is uh, uh completed the work of the kingdom is completed but we have hope that in the meantime um, the kingdom grows uh, among us and inside of us that that we become kingdom people the the scriptures talk about how we are being transformed into the likeness of Jesus Christ that we are becoming more and more like Christ so we have hope that that God is working in us and, and around us um, as the kingdom grows. So these are our hopes, and faith is the is the confidence that those hopes are are not um, are not vain hopes. That God will actually do the things that He's promised to do. So we have confidence in the things that are hoped for. That is our Christian hope. And the the problem with that is that if our hope is our hope is out here somewhere. 
It's the thing that we're waiting for, whether it's the, the big, you know, the culmination of history or whether it's just something in our own lives. We're, we're hoping that, that Christ will be manifested more in us than he has been so far, that we will be better able to deal with particular challenges in our life that, that maybe we, we're concerned about a particular, um, uh, uh, relationship, that there's somebody we care about or somebody that right now we really don't care much about, um, somebody at work or whatever, and we would like to be able to to um, interact with that people in a more Christ-like uh, fashion, that that uh, we want to be more like Christ. So we're, we have a hope there. So whatever it is, whether it's whether it's the, the end of history or whether it's something in between, we have these things that we are hoping for. Um, uh, maybe it's a change in the way we relate to uh, money um, and, or, or a change in the way that, that uh, we relate to substances, that there's something that we're hoping for uh, either far out or near. And, uh, and the problem is it's not near in space, right? It's not like we walk across the room and there it is. It's, it's out there someplace in the future. These are my current circumstances um, and I have a hope in something that is that is in the future. Uh, we don't know how far in the future. We don't know whether it's it's very near. Jesus told us that the the kingdom of God could could come at any moment. That he he may return. The Son of Man, the Day of the Lord, might be any moment. But he said that two thousand years ago, and it hasn't um, happened. Uh, so we don't know when it will happen. We know that it's out there, and we're here. And this space between between our present circumstances and our hope is the place in which um, our faith operates that that it is in this place that that gap between between now and then that our faith is operating so that's that's what we believe about faith and that's why faith is so important the problem is that means uh, necessarily that there is a gap in time that i don't have the thing i'm hoping for yet whether it's a big thing or a small thing, it hasn't happened yet. These are my present circumstances, and I have a hope that is out in the future. And that means I can become impatient. I can decide that it's never going to happen. Um, I can I, I can get tired of waiting. And maybe maybe you've experienced that too. Maybe you've had a circumstance where you prayed for something, you prayed for uh, a change in your circumstances, and it didn't happen, or it didn't happen when you prayed for it, and you prayed again, and it still didn't happen, and eventually you found yourself losing losing faith that that either you know God wasn't listening, or God didn't care, or God was incapable of of helping you with the thing you were you were praying for, and maybe you didn't just lose faith in that particular hope. Maybe you 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 lost faith. In God, you decided God really didn't care, or that that there is no God, and you've just basically been praying uh, for no reason at all. So, um, if if you have experienced that, if you have lost faith um, in God, if you've lost faith because uh, prayer wasn't answered, our first uh, our first part of this conversation, the the, the reading we're going to look at today, addresses that specific concern. So, we're looking at the um, 18th chapter 
of Luke's biography of Jesus. So there are four biographies of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, uh, Luke, and John. Uh, we're going to be looking at the one that Luke wrote, and um, uh, we're, we're looking at chapter 18. And in this, um, in this uh, section, uh, he is talking specifically to people uh, about impatience, about, about what to do when we're impatient, when our, when our faith has not been um, uh, uh, transformed. We still don't have the thing that we're hoping for. And so, so we pick it up in verse 18 where uh, Jesus um, was telling them a parable. Jesus was telling them a parable about their need to pray continuously and not be discouraged. So Luke has kind of summarized what we're about to read. He's given us this handy little um, heading and says, you know, this is exactly what we need to hear if we've ever been in that circumstance where we've said, uh, God isn't answering my prayers. What do I do now? Do I just give up or what? So, um, and he's told us, he told us, you know, he's kind of stolen the thunder here a little bit. He's told us what it's going to be about. It's going to be um, about the need to Pray continuously and not be discouraged. To not give up when um, when we might uh, find ourselves thinking that there's nothing to do but give up. So, so what does he say? Well, he 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 tells us what Jesus said. He Jesus said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected people. So he tells us that that there is a judge. Now, uh, this is a parable. That means it's a story. It may be based on, on real life circumstances that the people in the audience knew about a particular judge or, or maybe not. We don't know. All we know is it's a story about a judge. So, so there was a judge and he sounds like a good judge. He didn't fear God or respect people. He didn't let his religious belief or his, or his, um, uh, uh, concern about people and their status or, or, or power in the society. He was impartial. And that sounds like a good thing. Now, we're going to find out more about him in a moment. But so far, we're thinking, okay, the judge sounds like a good guy. And um, we, need to, we need to realize in that culture, a judge was not an official position. It wasn't something that the, the government imposed judges. You, you elected them or somebody appointed them. It wasn't like our society where our judges are, are offices that are filled by people. In this society, a judge would have been somebody who was respected by the community, and they took their concerns to it, that, that every, everybody looked at him and said, well, you know, our average age of death is in the mid-30s. Maybe some people make it to 40, uh, but most people don't live very long. Here's a guy who, who's, who's old enough. He's, he's 60 years old. He's, he's got gray hair. He clearly knows a thing or two. He's seen a lot in his life. Um, he's, he's probably got some wisdom. So we'll take our cases to him. He's a, he's a neutral third party. And so if you and I get into an argument, we could take our case to this guy who would judge it. He's just a, a member of the community, but he's got respect within the community. He sounds like a, so far, what we know about him is he sounds like a good guy, that he's, he's impartial. Uh, but then Jesus goes on. He says, in that city, there was a widow who kept coming to him saying, give me justice in this case against my adversary. And for a while he refused. So the widow is at the other end of the spectrum. Uh, people may like her personally, but nobody has any real respect for her. Widows were at the bottom uh, rung of society. They had nobody who could who could uh, uh, give them a higher status. It, it, you know, in, that was a patriarchal society, and so. Um, if there wasn't a man somewhere in your life, then you were in real trouble. And a widow has lost the husband who who um, who could argue her case. And uh, there's no mention of a son, so there's no man who could take her case to the judge. So 
So she goes to the judge and he refuses. It says for a while he refused. So now we're, you know, the, the language Jesus uses here is not that, that he decided against her because, because her case had no merit. It says he refused to give her justice. And in fact, we hear in verse um, four, he says finally to himself, um, he's, we, we, you know, Jesus tells us this, this guy's inner thought life. And he says, I don't fear God or respect people, but I will give this widow justice. So he knows in his own, in his own heart that he has not given her justice so far, that, that she came to him seeking justice. And for whatever reason, you know, he was prejudiced or, you know, he was hoping for a bribe or whatever reason, um, he was not simply impartial. He denied her justice. So he says, he says, I will now finally give this widow justice. Why does he give her justice? Um, not because he suddenly realizes her case is better than it always was, but because he says, because she keeps bothering me. Otherwise, there will be no end to her coming here and embarrassing me. Remember, this is not a, a, a an elected position. This is not an official position. He basically is a judge only because people respect him to do the right thing. And this widow has refused to take no for an answer. She refused to play her role in that society. She didn't just simply say, "Okay, well, you're you're the guy. You know, I will just accept whatever you hand out." Um, she refused to take no for an answer, and. Um, and, uh, so people will eventually, um, realize that, that she, she is in the right and it will embarrass me. So, so, um, so he gives her justice, not because, um, he's a good guy, not because, uh, something has changed in his understanding of the case. It's simply because she wore him out. And Jesus says that, that that's a, a, a a reasonable thing for people to do. Um, he says, listen to what the unjust judge says. You know, I will give her justice because she keeps bothering me. And we know that this works. Uh, you know, we, we know today, everybody who's ever had to deal with a four-year-old knows that, you know, you're trying to check out at the grocery store and they're yelling for the candy or whatever, um, that it's very hard to resist that. And, and we can all think of Cases where we we won, we we did not give in, but we can usually think of times where they just persisted and persisted and persisted, and finally we just gave up. We said, "Okay, fine, you know, you can have the thing, whatever it is." So, so we know that people uh, that that persistence is actually an incredibly useful tool to get the things that we want. And Jesus is saying, "Do that. Just if God were like this unjust judge, he says, he says it would work." Right? You could keep going back to God until you get the thing that you've prayed for because, because it works. We know it works even with unjust people. So he says, um, he says, so, so there's no reason rationally to quit praying just because you think God is, is, um, uh, leaning against you or something like that. But he invites us to think even higher of God, to not have a, uh, a an image of God who is no better than a human, no better really than a than a pretty bad human. This this unjust judge, he says, he says, won't God provide justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? He says, he says, God is better than this judge. Won't he do better than this judge? Won't he he um, cry out to them? Uh, won't he give justice to the people who cry out to him day and day and night? 
will he be slow to help them? And, and we can say, well, he was sure slow to help me, but, but Jesus is saying he was, he, he did not grant us the things on the timetable we wanted. But it wasn't simply because he was denying us justice. It wasn't simply because he didn't feel like it. He's not like this judge. Jesus is inviting us to see God as somebody who loves us, who, who has chosen us. He says he's chosen people. The widow just shows up at the judge and says, I've got this case. Jesus is reminding us that God has chosen us, that, that we are God's own special people. So, so it's not like we're imposing ourselves on a stranger. God already uh, is in a relationship with us. So he says, he says, of course, he will give them justice quickly, as quickly as it can possibly be. And then he asks the question, but when the human one comes, will he find faithfulness on earth? And he's referring back to the previous chapter. In the previous chapter, he's talked about our hope that, that eventually Jesus will return and the work of salvation will be completed. And he says, he says, I'm coming back, but when I do, Will I find this kind of faith? Will I find that people have just given up? And I think it's telling because he's talking about something that is way out there. You know, I mean, at the time he said it could be any minute, but we know it's been 2,000 years. And so he's saying, are you going to give up? You know, this is why we pray, thy kingdom come. We're praying for God to, 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 uh, send Jesus and to complete the work of, of salvation. And he's saying, will we keep doing that? Or will we eventually say it's been too long? And I think it's, it's telling that Jesus picked this, this t- thing that was, that was way out there, um, that, that we can say, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not as concerned about that. You know, that'll happen on God's timetable. I'm going to try and be ready for it. But honestly, I'm really more concerned about this other thing. I'm concerned about, um, uh, this relationship, you know, uh, my, my, my parents or, or my children, that I'm concerned about how, how that is working out. And I would like to see more of God's kingdom blossoming in me. I'd like to be more like Jesus in this, in this, uh, circumstance. I'd like to, to approach substances differently. I'd like to approach money differently, more like Christ. Um, and that's what I've been praying for. And Jesus is saying, in any event, that we may have prayed and not gotten the answer we wanted. And, um, we can we can keep praying because even if God were like an unjust judge, he would eventually be worn down. But he says he says it's more than that. It's it's sooner than that. God will not stall us any longer than than uh it takes until the time is right. And the problem is I don't know when the time is right. What I have an assurance of is that as soon as the time is right, God will give me the thing I want. So um I'm I'm not going to quit. I, I appreciate that God understands the circumstances better than I do. God's got more data than I have, so he can make the decisions. But this is important to me. I want, I want justice in this particular area. I want whatever, whatever it is I'm asking for. I want God's kingdom to be realized in my life in a way that it hasn't been so far. That's important to me. So I'm going to keep asking because, because if, if it's not today, maybe it'll be tomorrow. And I'm going to keep going back and keep saying, you know, give me justice against my adversary. I'm going to be faithful when the human one returns and when God's kingdom is realized in the way I'm hoping for, because it is important. So I'm going to keep asking, and that's what Jesus is inviting all of us to do, to keep asking like this persistent widow, to have faith, not simply that God can do something, that, but, but that God will do something as soon as the time is right. That's what 
we've learned this week about faith. And in the next few weeks, we'll be looking at some more teaching from Jesus about faith. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this teaching about faith. Um, we, we understand that you know the right time for all these things to take place, but, uh, but consider our weakness. We, we think 2,000 years is a long time. And we think, uh, the particular thing that we're thinking of, the, 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 the thing we've been praying to you about, the person we've been praying about, the, the, the addiction or the, the financial crisis that we've been praying about, Lord, that is urgent to us and, and it is, um, it is hard for us to see that as something that we can, we can just leave to your, to your best judgment. And so, Lord, we will keep coming back to you. Um, not because we don't trust you, but because we do trust you. We trust that you will give us what we cry out for um, as soon as as soon as it possibly can be given to us. And so we we pray that you will um, hear uh, not just this prayer today, but all of our prayers each day as we bring our concerns before you. We ask uh, you to hear these prayers in Christ's name. Amen.